Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. My name is Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, in particular St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. Yes, they certainly do. Daiwa Reels. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 everywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget, you can always get it at our website. Please check it out, wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is recorded and produced at Berserk Productions in Land Lakes, Florida by our executive producer, Mr. Brad Nerman. Hey, Brad, how are you doing? On today's show, we welcome Dan Jastin from St. Croix. He's uh, going to be live from the floor of ICAST down in Orlando, Florida. We're going to visit with Uncle Shane Wilson. He runs Fishing's Future, a great organization. Their mission statement is we reconnect youth to family and strengthen family relationships through fishing education. Great organization. They do great work. Shane Wilson is a great guy. Can't wait to hear Dave interview him. And I'm going to visit with a guy who just won his first elite. He's a rookie in the elites, doing this for the first year, and he is really doing a lot of damage. This kid is fantastic. He's Jay Shakurit. He is the son of the great professional walleye angler, Jason Shakurit. Jay has gone down the Bass Trail, and he is really doing well. Can't wait to talk to him about the tournament that he has ju- just won. Great, great fisherman. But first, let me turn it over to Dave Kranz. He's going to bring out Dan Johnston. Take it away, David. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth, and they always bring us Dan Johnston. Welcome back, Dan. Hey Dave, how are you? I am good. We're uh, we do talk about this subject about once a year. It's uh, different lines, so, you know, why, when, where, uh, all that good things. Are, it's not that complicated, but but it can be if you don't know about them. Yeah, it, it, absolutely, and it's a big, big topic, but it's it's very critical to number one have a general understanding of the different lines but number two which lines work best with what and by what specifically baits rods application water clarity so it's a big topic but at a very high level we always start by giving a general explanation of the categories you have your braids or fused polyethylenes then you have your fluorocarbons and then you have your monofilaments. That's at a very high level. You have copolymers, and there's a bunch of things in there, but I'm going to keep this thing at a very high level. Braid or fused polyethylene has no stretch. It's very limp. Braid ties more knots than a fused line. Well, braid's like a girl's hair. Fused is it's just slick. There's no little ribs in it, okay? And then your monofilament has the most stretch of the three. It floats, and it's less visible than fluorocarbon or less invisible than fluorocarbon fluorocarbon sinks it has more stretch than mono but less than braid people can listen to this again to get all this straight it's really important yeah but light refracts through it so it has low visibility so think about the advantages of each of those Certainly, some work better on certain reels than others. And when it really matters is the application. What do we want the bait to do? Do we want the line to cut vegetation? Do we need it to float to fish at top water? Do we need it to not stretch because we're setting the hook from way out? Do we need it invisible because the water's clear for pressured fish? So there's a lot of things going on and there's a, there's a line for, for everything right now. Yeah, there. you know, it used to be that there just was... Uh, uh braid and for lack of a better term that that thick old uh uh 
almost what we use for ice fishing tip-up line now to hand line was what they put on the bait casters and uh, it was uh, very visible and nylon you know it just was not even close to the products that we have now but you have a you have an opportunity to pick the right line use the right line um for most applications what let's uh, let's start uh uh, after the explanation with like live bait, we have a lot of people that still fish live bait out there. What, what line is the best for them? You can use a lot of different lines, but I would say generally speaking, your monofilaments are fantastic. And let's think about something here. If we're using a slip bobber, for example, mono is going to go through it way better than braid, mm -hmm. um, first of all. Secondly, you have a slight element of stretch, and sometimes we're using like Aberdeen hooks, very light gauge hooks. Um, and the fact that line stretches a little bit, it protects that hook. It doesn't bend that hook out and so forth so i would say mono all around generally speaking certainly for a beginner it's very manageable on every single reel you can tie every knot on the planet with it it's user friendly but it has enough stretch where it kind of corrects some of the mistakes that we can make and i would recommend uh at least changing it at least once a year if you're fishing quite a bit or even if you're not because it stays coiled on that spool maybe twice a year would you agree with that I agree with that. And another thing, it's a little more advanced, but what it's easy to do. If you have mono on a reel for quite a while, and you've taken a kid fishing or whatever, let out 20, 30 foot of that, and then just grab it in like two or three foot sections. Just give it a little pull and stretch. And it'll take a lot of those coils out of it. You can, you can take, a, I learned this from fly fishing, you can take a mono or a fluorocarbon and pretty much eliminate the coils just by stretching it a little bit. Now, obviously, we're not stretching hard enough to pop it, but just enough and you'll be surprised and it just really manages so much better. Always great tips, Dan. Now, let's. Uh, you talked about lines that sink and lines that don't. If we're fishing topwater, we certainly wouldn't want a line that sinks, would we? Well, we really can't. You know, so there's two ways to look at that. We can use a monofilament, and I still do for a lot of baits. Uh, but I'm also using a lot of braid or braid to mono leader is really something because the thing about the braid to mono leader and folks, you can research FG knot, which is a hard one to tie, but uni to uni is very easy to tie. Just start with those two. Uh, and that's a connection to connect the mono to the, to the braid. But the advantage to that, think about this, you can take a top water, throw it a mile if you want to, um, but what that what that mono leader does, number one, it floats, which is obviously a good thing, but you don't follow the hooks up as much with a lot of baits. Secondly, it provides you an uh, element of uh, less visibility for the line. Uh, and you get great action on it compared to tying it direct to the topwater bait. And then lastly, if you get bit way out, it's an amazing thing because there's no stretch enough to set the hook very hard. And, and one thing that people won't believe is you can take a braid and a short monoliter, you can throw a popper bait or a spook or whatever almost as far as you can, and you barely have to touch the rod to put an action on it because it's transmitting with that zero stretch all the way out to that mono right out of the rod tip. Or if you put mono on it and throw it a mile, you have to put a lot more of you in it to get the bait working, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense, and, and there, again, always always good tips. Um, sometimes we, we have to use heavy braid when we're fishing heavy cover, and, and that would be straight braid right, right to the, the bait in some cases, wouldn't it? Well, it's mandatory for punching or frog fishing um, or throwing any type of bladed jig or anything in vegetation. And because, number one, we're throwing it, generally speaking, in areas where there's a lot going on. They're less likely to see your line. But the biggest reason, really there's two of them, specifically a frog, is we're getting bit way out sometimes. And then secondly, we have to cut through whatever we come into. I mean, you, you hook a frogfish on mono at the end of a cast, you have about a 10% chance to get that fish in the boat. The line's going to stretch way too much on the hook set, and it's going to wrap around the weed. Where a braid, it gets in them right now, you in that first two seconds, and it'll cut the weed when it hits it. So think about that. And, and that's just one example. Punching would be another one. Uh, granted, it's a short-distance presentation, but a lot of the same uh things come to come come through as well there too absolutely now um 
When I use braid, I, I sometimes will use a rod that's lighter or glass uh, because there is no stretch and you still have the strength of the line. Uh, and I also will back my drags off a little bit so I don't pull those hooks out because there there is are some different things to um, uh, using that. Would you agree with that and have anything else to add that that what you would do with the with braided line? Well, I would be more specific on what I'm using with it. If I'm punching or frog fishing, I'm not doing that. I'm right. cranking the drag down and I'm using heavy line and a stiff rod because I got now punching rods a little more moderate because if you're usually using a tungsten and you can pop the weight out of their mouth. It's a little more, it, we could almost do a separate podcast on that. But <laughs> yes, yeah. Now, with regard to a moving bait, I completely agree. Like a blade of jig or a crankbait, a lot of us now are using St. Croix's linear S-glass, which is a moderate deflecting material just happens to marry beautifully with braid because it bends a little bit down into the blank but the line doesn't stretch but you get the sensitivity so it's just a it's an amazing combination and lastly i would say with that which is really one of the main reasons i do it is if i get an exposed hook bait around grass and i get in that grass i can rip clean it with braid way better than i can with monofluorocarbon it's not even close and what what i mean by that is you'll feel you'll feel it so well you'll feel the cadence go out of the bait you'll have a foot of grass on that thing and you just snap the rod tip and almost every time it just cuts right through it because that line isn't stretching absolutely and and uh uh, that that can help uh, with baits that, like you said, that have treble hooks where you're, the, the glass is giving a little bit, that you can use a lighter drag, the, the braid is not, so you got to compensate to, and, and you have to play around with that and see, you know, which action, which which uh, uh, drag setting works the best for you, but they uh, definitely there's there's no right or wrong to each specific because like you said this is a big topic there's so many different things that you can do on on braid uh i think you gave us a tip on braid uh, uh you don't have to replace it very often but if it gets faded what what have you recommended in the past before in the past what i've recommended is just reverse it literally let it out tie it on the other end and reel it back in and you got a brand new spool of line i was line companies out there that probably wouldn't like me saying that <laughs> but it's it's it lasts a, and plus i don't dave i have braid on some reels that are three years old it just lasts a long time now one thing that i will do is that braid loses its pigment and it turns white or if i'm using a real bright colored braid sometimes i like that to see it a lot of times i do especially if i'm using a fluorocarbon or monofilament leader but there's times i don't want them to see it so i'll take a sharpie and put little dotted lines for about the first three foot up that line i don't and a lot of people would debate me on this and that's okay i don't like the straight solid black line because i think fish can see that too that's just my opinion i've dropped them both down in the water and i've looked at them but i'll put dotted lines and each each dot is about four to six inches long and i'll leave a space and i'll do a short one and then the long, i mix it up to break up that silhouette of that line um, from a visibility standpoint that's if i'm tying it direct that's the the uh, hunter coming out in Dan Johnston, and it's the cameled line pattern, and I love it. And uh, always good tips from you, Dan, and always appreciate your time and look forward to the next time we get to talk on the We Fish ASA podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Dave. Oh, no problem. That was Dan Johnston. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, 
we are here for you. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say the guests I get to interview on this segment have a passion for the outdoors. My next guest certainly does. He is Shane Wilson from Fishing's Future. Welcome back to the program, Shane. Hey, thanks, Dave, for having me on your show. It's always a privilege. Oh, we, we're glad to have you. You're doing such good things out there, and it sounds like uh, you're experiencing some growth, and uh, and that's what it's about. Give the people, uh, the listeners out there that haven't heard about it, uh, a little background on, on Fishing's Future. Dave, Fishing's Future is an angling education uh, organization. That's all we do. we do. We do angling education, and it's so vitally important right now since we are just coming out of the, the clutches of COVID. And, you know, over the last couple of years, we've seen millions of new participants. But, you know, they want to know more about how to fish. They want to know the little tips, tricks, and techniques that you and I take for granted. Uh, and I know that you value the importance of education because you're able to go to the ICAST and you look at the new product showcase and you take all that information back into your shop. But when somebody picks up a new new hobby or a new sport they want to learn as much as they can and be it a new knot or be it you know how to attach a slip bobber or you know a drop shot sinker those kinds of things move product and they also retain um, anglers to, to stay in in the market and stay in the in the game so Fishing Future was created in 2007 to do nothing but angling education. We're a volunteer organization. We started out with one chapter on beautiful South Padre Island, Texas, and we now have 64 chapters in, I think, 21 or 22 states, all volunteer ran. I just I know that just Saturday and Sunday we had seven events going on in four different states, and all we do is just angling education. You know, we have family fish camps and volunteer ran and my job is to help find the product and help folks open up a, a, a chapter in their community so that we can expand the educational efforts to help um, help the industry grow and uh, you know I don't know of a better way to bond with families and to bring husbands and wives and children and grandchildren and nieces and uncles um, back together than to sit on a bank now listen David is we're sitting on a bank, and we're not we're not sitting on a sideline yelling, kick that ball, run, run, run. We're sitting right next to somebody, and we're sitting there, and we're looking at the clouds, and we're seeing maybe a whale or a bear or a dog or a duck or some kind of formation that we can imagine in a cloud. And we look back down on the water, and, and I say, hey, hey, where's your bobber? Where, where, where's your bobber? You know, real, 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 where's your bobber? And so... You know, and the excitement's on for a little bit, and then you go back to looking at the birds and studying and waiting for your bobber to go down again. And it's just, uh, I got the best job in the world, Dave. Uh, you know, you got a great job. <laughs> what, what, what I do helps move product uh, for the industry, and it keeps people interested. And I know that you value that education because, you know, I, I read your articles in the, in the Fishing Tackle Retailer, you always go to the ASA, which, or not the ASA, but the ICAST, which I, I find is extremely, extremely important to go to. It keeps you up to date with new products. It, it puts you in touch with the retailers and um, the manufacturers. And when you take that information back into your community, you can help your friends become better anglers. And my job is just to, you know, just to teach education and teach not specific products, but teach the basics so that people can go into your shop and buy stuff and, and, and enjoy and experience the, the joys found in fishing uh, that many of us take for granted. 
Absolutely. The other thing that I absolutely love about your organization is the fact that you're bringing families together, you're reconnecting them to nature, but you're, you're, you're causing them to uh, uh, become environmental stewards of, of this planet that we have so they can continue to enjoy that. And, and they're going to take better care of the resources that we have because of the education that you're doing for the fishing. I, I fully agree. Let me let me let me give you a real solid example of that. Zebra mussel. You and I both know it's an extremely invasive critter, and it it destroys a lot of fishing habitat. But if I don't if I don't fish and I don't know about the zebra mussel, and I don't see how it affects my honey hole, <laughs> the, the quotations around the word honey hole. Yeah. Once I realize that that zebra mussel is starting to affect my honey hole, then all of a sudden that becomes something that I'm going to pay attention to. I'm going to flush my boat, flush my engine, and wash my trailer um, because it's now affecting something. If we can't get people involved at that level, Dave, the zebra mussel will take over and it'll just wreak havoc on our fish. Absolutely. Now we're gonna we'll give this again here uh, in um, a few minutes uh, when we get closer to the end. But how do people find out about the events that you're having and where you have chapters, or if they're interested in uh, participating and maybe opening a chapter? What's the best place for them to get a hold of you? The best place for them to go is to our website. You know, we have a we have a Facebook, we have a Twitter, we have an Instagram, we have all of the other social media stuff that I'm really too old to understand. But um, <laughs> the best place for them to go is to fishingsfuture.org. That's F-I-S-H-I-N-G-S, future.org. Since we do nothing but angling education, we truly are fishing's future. So that's, that's why the name is we created Fishing's Future not to make anglers. Day. We created Fishing's Future to teach parents how to spend time with their kids and how to spend time with their grand, grandkids. Um, to kind of, if, if, if they can do that, I think we would eliminate a lot of the problems we have in our society right now. But the gravy part of that or the icing part of it is we are creating new anglers. You know, we're teaching on, on product that when you, when you learn on product, you become confident with that, that particular brand. And when you go to buy that product, um, you, you, you look for that brand because you're confident because you've learned on it. So, the best way to go is through our fishingsfuture.org website. We are a nonprofit. Uh, we are all volunteer ran. We have two basic employees. Um, we do have some contract employees, but you know, it's when somebody opens a fishing future chapter and they start, they follow our curriculum and they start running family fish camps. They become a, a community hero, you know. And it's like uh, I had one guy just the other day told me, he said, I was in Walmart, and this little, this little black girl came running up to me, and she grabbed my leg, and she said, Mommy, Mommy, this is the guy that taught me how to fish. Well, of course, Mommy comes around the corner, and she sees the guy and, and recognizes him. And then they pick up a conversation, and lo and behold, the next thing you know, they're over in the fishing section, and he's helping her pick out hooks, of all things, hooks. She yep. didn't know what hooks to buy. <laughs> uh, you know, those are the little things, and it's like... Kind of scared me. This little girl comes running up and grabs me and says, "It kind of scared me, but you know, it was." That's what they they become heroes, and it's it's such a blessing to be able to do. And like I said, I thousands, literally thousands of people call me Uncle Shane because I teach them how to fish. And what a what a great legacy to live. Absolutely, and uh, and it's the. Uh just the awareness that you give these people about the outdoors and about how to appreciate it. And, and like you said, getting families together. And I think you're right that uh, the family, uh, when you and I grew up, we sat down to dinner every night and, and it was at whatever, 5.30 or 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock, whatever it was. But the family group was there. Nobody was on a device because there were no devices. So you, but you get outside, you get them, get them there and you get them on the water and uh, they, you open their eyes to a whole new world and, and that part of this is what's so exciting to me. And uh, uh, you said you had how many events this last weekend? Four? Well, we had seven in four different states. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that, happens all, that happens all the time. I got an email just this morning. And I was down in the office. And there was a gentleman in Georgia that had opened up a chapter several years ago. And because he's a volunteer, uh, things happened that he couldn't do some stuff. And then COVID hit. And uh, I mean, he... But he, he sent me an email and 
he said, I, I'm ready to re-engage. He goes, I, I miss I miss the feeling I get inside when I help people learn to fish. I, I'm, you know, that kind of stuff just it really blesses me. Now, funding is, is difficult at this time through through everybody doing what they do and everybody gives to something. Um, but Fishing Future is a charity. We do run on donations and corporate sponsorships. Uh, so anybody out there that, that was listening to this that would like to to help us in that capacity to keep these because we don't charge. We Actually, when I created it, I didn't create it with the fundraising component because that's not what's important to me. The um, Let me tell you, Dave, something that's very exciting, and then I'm going to jump real right into the importance of social media because Fishing Future has created a boat. When, when COVID hit, we lost our, a lot of our special needs groups. They didn't want to come out because of the dangers of COVID and getting the caretaker exposed or the individual with a disability exposed. So we lost a lot of that. So we created um, a, a new vessel that's called the ICANN. And we call it the ICANN because a lot of times those people that have mobility difficulties or disabilities allow a wheelchair or some other handicapped apparatus to define them. And they don't think that they can. They, they, they take up the, I can't. Well, I can't go fishing anymore. I can't do this. Well, we created this I can vessel. It's a 26-foot tritune, and it's the, the things that we have on it make it so unique. It's the only vessel like it in the country. And we have, we have been running these programs on it. In order to get on the vessel, you must go through educational trainings. I mean, I have to teach you the knots. I want you, I want you to learn the basics of fishing. Then I want to put you on the ICANN and take you fishing. And then when you get off the ICANN, I want you to continue fishing. So the, the slogan for the ICANN is, I can, I did, I will again. <laughs> and because of that program and what we are doing with that, and the, the paraplegics and the quadriplegics that we put on that boat and take them out fishing. Uh, we've been posting it on our social media page, our Fishing Future social media page. You know what, Shane? I, unfortunately, we're going to be up against the clock here, and we're going to have to have you back on in, in the near future. But uh, what was that again? Fishingfuture.org is the best way to find out about events. And uh, Yes, sir. Fishingfuture.org. I, I truly appreciate the time that you've given us this morning and everything you're doing to help get more people into uh, recreational angling and, and get back to the family group. And uh, we'll have you back. Promise me you'll come back when we call. I promise I'll come back. I wish I could see you at the ICAST, but I'll catch you at the ASA Summit. Yes, you will. Thank you, Shane. I appreciate it. Dave, have a great day. You too. That was Shane Wilson. I am Dave Cran. Steve Sarley is remote. And this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel. For those with a passion for the outdoors, the We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta. We're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. 
Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Surley. My partner Dave Kranz is remote. Don't forget that We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. Please help to ensure the future of fishing by visiting keepamericafishing.org. And if you're an industry professional, please consider joining the American Sport Fishing Association by visiting asafishing.org. You know, folks, I'll tell you something that's going to keep this industry, this sport going on strong into the future, and that is the development of more super pro fishermen. My goodness, this just seems like it's happening every week. We're crowning a new champion, and some of these guys are going to have exceptional careers moving forward. We're lucky enough to be visiting with one of them, somebody I really, really enjoy following. He is a Bassmaster Elite rookie. He won the big event on the St. Lawrence River this past weekend. He did some record-breaking feats that you're going to enjoy hearing about. Please welcome Jay Shakura. Jay, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm okay. Other than the fact we, I just used up all the time by talking about your stuff here. I'm I'm yeah. I'm just I'm just teasing. No, you you are so you are so good, and congratulations. Love seeing a picture you holding up the the blue trophy on the stage at the St. Lawrence River. How's it feel? It really feels truly amazing. I mean, just to even have the opportunity to win commit like that at such a young age, I'm pretty much speechless. How old are you now, Jay? I'm 23. 23. You are the youngest elite winner of all time. That's what I hear. That that that, that is amazing. And you know what? I, I think that is is great. Uh, and you are uh, you are in the lead for rookie of the year right now. Yep. And, and you know, we'll we'll ask you. How do you forecast that? Do you think you have a, a chance of bringing that rookie of the year trophy home? I think I do, based on the schedule, based on where we're going. They're both going to be uh, northern tournaments. So uh, it's kind of up my wheelhouse a little, a little bit, and uh, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I, I am too. And you know what? Uh, a lot, to me, this Rookie of the Year is extremely important because there are a lot of guys who have won elites. They have won uh, a class. They made a qualified for a classic. They may have won a classic. And the only thing that they never, they got an angler of the year. The only thing they never won was rookie of the year. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's one, you, you've got one chance of getting that rookie of the year, man. And you, yeah. you are on the way there. I am so far. Two more to go. Un unbelievable. Also, you are a member of the Century Club. Wow, the Century Club. That's impressive. That's catching 100 pounds in a tournament, four-day tournament. That's 25 pounds in a day. There aren't a lot of members of the Century Club, and you are the only Century Club member who ever did it by catching all smallmouth. I did. I caught all smallmouth over 25 pounds a day. Truly remarkable. It's, this is the only week it's ever been done, and it got done by me and one other angler, Corey Johnston. And... Uh, it was really just a special week to be on that lake. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I think it's uh, it's amazing. You are uh, w without a doubt the best bass fisherman from the state of Wisconsin, as, as things stand right now. You know, we're from Chicago doing this show, so I'm a Midwesterner, and I root 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 for the Midwestern guys. I was excited when. Uh, uh, Seth Fighter from Minnesota uh, a couple of years yeah. ago really was doing well. Uh, obviously, we'll we count the Van Dams uh, from, from Michigan in there. And, you know, the, Can the Canadians kind of uh, come in that Midwestern group maybe a little bit, even though even though they talk funny, we'll, we'll, we'll accept them in, in, in the group. <laughs> we're, we're, the Midwest is getting stronger and stronger in bass fishing. Why is that? have so many opportunities up by us just because the bodies of water are so versatile i mean you have rivers you have lakes you have everything i mean colleges 
everything's accessible to us and the fishing is really good. So we experience, you know, a lot of catching and not a lot of actually fishing. So uh, <laughs> I think it just gives us a better experience on smallmouth bodies of water because you have to catch a lot of fish to get up to that, you know, 25 plus pound weight every day. Well, let's talk about uh, fishing availability. When I go up into, into Minnesota or, or uh, Wisconsin, bass are swimming in just about 100% of the lakes up there, right? Oh, at least, I would say. Yeah, 99% of the lakes, there's some kind of bass population, whether it's largemouth or smallmouth. How many, how many lakes, out of, uh, how, what percentage of lakes would you guess have smallmouth in them? I would imagine uh, less. Yeah, less. I mean, at least half, I would say. Okay. There's specific lakes that hold the bigger smallmouth, but there are a lot of lakes that do hold just smallmouth in general. Right, and I and I know that uh, I know Wisconsin has been doing a lot of research and development uh, on lakes into introducing more smallmouth or growing bigger smallmouth. Uh, and and they're doing they're doing a nice job with that. And uh, thank God for all these DNRs that work on this and work with right. work with groups like Bassmaster. That's really a great conservation organization to get more fish in the water. Oh, for sure, hundred percent, unbelievable. Let, let, let's talk about the St. Lawrence River that you just conquered. Uh, you had never fished there before. That was my first visit to the St. Lawrence, correct? How nervous were you? Uh, I wasn't nervous because I was more nervous at the beginning of the season because I was going to largemouth fisheries that I've never been to before. And I know that smallmouth fisheries set up, you know, generally similar when it comes to the Great Lakes. So I was more confident for that tournament than any of the ones I've been to so far. Okay. All right. That is, uh, that is fair. That is fair. Uh, was, was this water, this, the St. Lawrence River that you won the event on, similar to anything that you fish, fished in your past? It is. Uh, Sturgeon Bay is, you know, excluding the river portions of the St. Lawrence now, because I fished Lake Ontario during the tournament. Right. So Lake Ontario is very similar Sturgeon Bay in regards to uh, smallmouth fishing wise it just sets up similar the fish hold on the same kind of structure and uh, yeah they just do a lot of similar things to what they do in Sturgeon Bay which I grew up fishing there you know in the spring and in the summer for smallmouths. So is, uh, is the system all open for the tournament both the river and the lake? Yes, it is. How far up and down river could you go if you tended to want to do that? Oh, you could run. You could go until you run out of gas. Oh my goodness, that's a, that's a lot of water. That is a lot of water. Yeah. Can't, can't imagine doing that for the first time. Hundreds, yeah, hundreds and hundreds of miles. How many how many hours of pre fishing did you do? So we get three days of, of practice, and that's it. And unfortunately, two and a half of those days were so. Uh, they were so windy that we could hardly make it out to the places that we wanted to go to, you know, out on the lake. And I was fortunate enough to find what I found while the conditions were okay. So that worked out for me in that regards. But yeah, I mean, I fished the lake and we had almost the perfect conditions you could ask for, for the entire tournament. I mean, you'll never see another four days in a row like that ever again in a tournament scenario. Oh, that's, that's incredible. How fortunate for you to have, for you to have been there. That is, uh, that is absolutely marvelous. How how big a part of winning this tournament did your electronics play? Oh, they played a huge role. I mean, without electronics and being able to, it's one thing to see them on the electronics and it's another thing to see them on the electronics and then be able to see them with your eyes when the weather is right because that place is so clear you can almost see down in 20 feet of water wow almost count the rocks in 20 feet of water so yeah it was huge i mean when when it wasn't you know good conditions you could go around and look for them with your eyes (laughs) and that helped too 
uh, uh, tell us about your electronics. What's your setup like? Yeah, so um, I run a good amount of electronics on my boat. I mean, I have all the side imaging tools, the forward facing, all that stuff. I have 360 imaging. They're all tools that help out in every way. I mean, I use everything on my boat to some extent when it comes to finding fish or fishing for fish. And then, but honestly, this week, this week I relied on that. And then once the sun got out and it got super calm, I relied on my eyes instead of, you know, my eyes underneath the water with my electronics. Yeah, that's very, that's very interesting. When the pros are at the dock or, or, or you're having a, a, a Pepsi-Cola after the, and the day ends, uh, you guys talk about a lot of things. I know you don't want to uh, let the cat out of the bag for anybody, but do, do you guys discuss your electronics, uh, or is that something you keep to yourself? Because this is an incredibly amazing and important part of fishing because, you know, you say, well, I, I run this motor, okay? Every, everybody knows what motor you're running. You, you ask about electronics. Nobody's running one brand. They're, they're running a combination of equipment here to try to determine the best setup you can put on the boat. And, and I would think that I would like to keep that to myself, if at all possible. Am I reading that correctly? Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys will do that, for sure. I, I, the only unfortunate thing, it, it, it takes away a, a great sponsorship opportunity, but I'm sure we'll get around that at some point. Uh, and and the, the other thing, you know, if you go on social media, which I, I'm sure you're on all the time, you go on social media, uh, you, you know, I, you talk to pros and they're like, hey, I, I owe this to electronics. My electronics are great. You talk to the uh, weekend fishermen and they're like, they should ban electronics. It makes it too easy for yeah. these guys. Does that make yeah. you crazy when you hear that? No, I mean, it's all electronics are great. Like, you can see the fish, blah, 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 but you still got to get them to open their mouth. I mean, there were so many fish I threw at this week that they didn't want anything to do with me. I mean, they were huh. just swimming along and hundreds of them. I mean... I'd maybe catch five or six that I saw, and the rest of them just would not bite. <clears throat> What's the most frustrating thing about fishing for smallmouth? Oh, man, I would have to say being able to see them with your eyes and not being able to get them to bite. <laughs> it's either that or catching the heck out of three to four pounders, knowing that they're not going to do you any good. <laughs> hey, hey, I... I er, I think the most frustrating thing is talking. I'll, I'll combine both of your answers: catching a three pounder, bringing it to the boat, and watching a, a five and a half pounder swimming behind it. Yeah, it swimming with it. Interested yeah, in what it's doing? <laughs> oh my God! You wish the fish you've got yeah. on would spit it out, and the other one would chomp yeah. down on it. My goodness, they're, they're like muskies in that regard. They they know that they're driving oh, you nuts. Yeah. They they're, they're doing it on purpose. They're driving you crazy. And they know that they're doing it. It is such a tough thing. Man, you are, you are so yep. cool. I need to take a real quick break. Uh, this is uh, We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley. I'm here with Jay Shakurit. He's going to be the uh, Bassmaster Rookie of the Year. He just won the big event on the St. Lawrence River. Youngest man to ever win a blue trophy. An elite victory. The youngest guy out there. He's a member of the Century Club because he... Brought in over 100 pounds of smallmouth bass in this tournament. We're going to ask Jason Kurt more questions. I'm Steve Sarley. We'll be right back after this. For most anglers, the unexpected is expected. But what you can do is take matters into the seat of your, well, shorts. Meet Aftco's Overboard Shorts, winner of the iCast Best in Category for Technical Clothing. Built with a 100% submersible pocket that keeps the unexpected dry dock for the other guy. Overboard keeps the good times rolling and your valuables safe for the next adventure. Overboard Shorts from Aftco. Learn more at aftco.com slash overboard. 
Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting rail. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Tatula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth, St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. This is Steve Sarley. We are brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. And I am proud to have Jay Shakur with us. Hey, Jay, welcome back. Uh, all right, so you were you were up in northern New York. You have to drive the boat back home to Wisconsin, correct? Yep, that's correct. And then you, you've got a week off to relax. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm being facetious. Tell the folks what you're doing for the next week. So the next week I'll be down at ICAST. I'm flying down to Florida. Actually, tomorrow morning, I just drove back from New York to Illinois. Now, tomorrow morning, we're going to fly out to Florida to go to ICAST. And then uh, once I get home from that, then we'll be headed to Lake Oahe for the next Elite Series event. Another uh, a long drive to the middle of nowhere. Yeah, not as long for me, though. That one's a little bit closer than most of them. People, people don't realize what you guys go through to accomplish what you accomplish. And oh, it's crazy. Because we're talking about distance right now, I've asked this question to a number of anglers. Uh, what do you think if uh, at the end of the season when they're making the announcement for next year, you open that email and they tell you we're going out to Clear Lake in California for an event? Uh, what's your reaction? Yeah, I don't I don't know if that'll, uh, that'll ever happen. Hopefully not for a while, but uh, yeah, Clear Lake—that's a long ways from Wisconsin. It sure is, but but you know what? Deep down, you really want to fish there, don't you? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for, just like all those guys from the West Coast want to fish the St. Lawrence River. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. You, you know, I, I the St. Lawrence River and, and the the other. Uh, uh, the other New York event coming up, you, you talk to pros about this, and, and it's amazing how they look forward to this. Uh, there, there are guys who enter these events that don't, uh, there are guys who enter opens on those bodies of water that never fish opens just because they want to fish that body of water. You'll see some top elite pros, some top uh, Bass Pro Tour pros, fishing these these lower level events because how could i pass up a chance to fish the st lawrence river wow that is just exactly. amazing uh and, and that makes when i when i say you want to fish clear lake i know you do those guys want to fish the the st lawrence river it's not just fishing for money it's the experience you want to fish everywhere you want to fish these great fisheries it means something to you yep that's that's the thing. I heard it was one of the best fisheries in the entire world, and uh, it turns out it pretty much is. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna argue with anybody about that right now. Not not with a hundred. No, not, no, not, no. not with a hundred thousand dollar check in your pocket for Pete's sake. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, you're 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 twenty you're twenty three years old. Are you married? I am not, but I have a girlfriend of two years. Excellent. That's not that sounds that sounds pretty serious. Uh, I, yeah. I, I hope you weren't using an excuse. I, I need to win a blue trophy and get a hundred thousand dollar check in order to buy a ring. Cause now you're stuck. Yeah. You're stuck, man. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. a, 
good luck. Good luck to you. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that, <laughs> that. I'm sure that will all work out. Has she traveled with you? Uh, she's still in school right now, so okay. not as not at the moment. But she did end up coming to the weigh-in for my win. Oh, good, good, good. Uh, I know. I I, I uh, sent your dad uh, a, a text yesterday, and he said he was on the way there for the weigh-in, and I was so happy to hear that he was doing that. For anybody listening that doesn't know the Jay Shakurit story, his dad is Jason Shakurit, a, a very good friend of mine uh, for a long time and one of the best professional walleye fishermen to ever get on the water and chase walleyes. Uh, he is darn he is darn good, and he's a great guy. And, and when I was texting him yesterday, he said he was on the way because he wanted to see you at the weigh-in. I thought that was so wonderful that your family yeah. supports you like that. Uh, did did you you knew he was coming? Uh, yeah, I did. They they kind of spoiled the beans a little bit, and I figured out that he was coming. So <laughs> I wasn't as surprised as I was going to be, but I was glad he was there. Oh, oh, for sure. I, you've seen him uh, get handed trophies enough time in your life, haven't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he, he's been good. He's been supportive. Uh, he is, I, I'll joke with him, and uh, he never says anything in a joking manner like, uh, Jason, I know you're. I know you're a good dad, but where did you go wrong? How did How did your kid turn out <laughs> being a bass fisherman? What did you do wrong, man? And he just changes the subject right away. Uh, he he, yeah. think, he he thinks you're doing great. He supports you. He thinks fishing for bass is wonderful. And and I, yeah, I got I got a funny feeling you'll go out there and catch a couple of walleyes when nobody's looking. Oh, yeah, for sure. But when we're at home, he likes to fish for bass with me. Do you guys ever argue about what's the tougher fish to catch? Uh, definitely walleyes. <laughs> You're saying walleyes are tougher to catch? Walleyes for sure, yeah. <laughs> a- a- ex- excellent. And you know what? I won't hold it, ag- I won't hold it against you uh, for saying that. I-, I-, I agree with you 100%. Um, you know, b- bass are bigger. I think bass fight harder. Uh, but when while I don't want to eat, man, they are so darn stubborn. Yeah. Uh, you, you can you can dislike them in a uh, in a real uh, aggressive manner. Uh, when 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 they don't want to bite, they are tough. And th- there's ways of of catching them. It's uh, uh, in in the world of walleye fishing. I I've said this before, and I told you that I'm glad that. There's more walleye fishing with rod in hand today than trolling. It seems like it's turned around. Right. And, yeah, and, sure. and bass fishing, you don't troll at all. So uh, that makes it tough to catch bass taking away a, a weapon like that. Uh, uh, a, a lot of times when you're on a, on a tough bite and, you know, you're, you're, you're jigging for walleyes, you're using live bait, you can't get them to eat. You can troll something good and maybe get a fish or two. You're having a rough day with bass, and bass don't want to eat. You change baits and do do what you can, but you're tough. You can't switch the trolling. It's a it's a hard thing to uh, to get those bass turned on when they don't want to be. That 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 is uh, that is a difficult that is a difficult thing, and it leaves something else for you to do, but. Uh, when while I don't want to eat, man, they don't want to eat. No, they don't. I said we we got we got a, a writer down here in the in Chicago who always says, uh, "Walleye, those are the fish that don't mind being caught." Yeah, right. <laughs> and I said, well, I guess I guess that's one way of looking at it. Score one for the bass guys. The bass guys with that, but you know what? Uh, they're all tough. It, it's 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 incredible. Would you ever think of fishing a walleye tournament if there was a break in the schedule? Uh, probably not. <laughs> because? No, I'm just not into them. I don't know. Okay. I just don't really enjoy the the techniques. Or, now, I'll fish at home for them occasionally in our little league nights and stuff. But, no, I just never really gained interest or anything like that. Okay, that's cool. As a, as a, uh, as a rookie... 
on the elite circuit. Um, was it a difficult decision for you to make to uh, fish the elites? Uh, at the time of my life, no, it wasn't because I didn't have huge commitments to let go at the time. Okay. And uh, I found the support to do it, so it, it was an easy decision to fish the elites when I qualified. Excellent, excellent, and and we're we're certainly we're certainly glad that you that you did qualify and that you chose to join the elites. It's it's a tough thing, you know. I said, wow, it's no decision. You got to jump on that. It's a it's a big decision. It's a lot of expense. Oh yeah. It's a lot of expense, and it's and it's not just the entry fees. You know, you're you're upgraded in in everything in everything else. Uh, you know, you got to have the best boat. You got to have the best truck. It's it's right. sub, it's something that that'll absolutely gag you, but you're doing it well. You're handling it well. Um, sponsor wise, th- this has got to be a huge week for you going to ICAST. But you've just won this huge tournament. You're extremely popular. Your fan base is yeah. <laughs> is growing exponentially. Now you're going to go down there. In addition to being with everybody in the industry, you're going to be with every potential sponsor on the planet. Uh, Yeah, it's uh, truly special. I I imagine your current sponsors have already gotten you to commit to spend uh, time slots in their booths, but (laughs) people you may have never talked to before are probably dying to talk to you this week in Orlando. Am I right? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I can imagine. It's going to be a crazy week. I just, I can't can't even imagine – what you're what you're going through? Uh, um, did uh, uh, who was your first sponsor? My first sponsor was actually a small local archery shop over by Clintonville, Wisconsin, called Butch's Archery. Okay. Did that was my first ever small sponsorship that I got when I was very young. Did was it difficult for you to go out and approach companies? and ask for them to sponsor you, that's not an easy thing to do. No, it's not. It's That's probably the hardest part of the whole fishing career and everything is trying to approach companies and trying to get them to essentially pay you to fish. I mean, it's, it's what people struggle with all the time, and I struggle with and everybody struggles with. I mean, especially with the sport nowadays, it's growing so fast, and it's become so popular now that it's harder to get sponsorships. Oh, it sure is. But you know what? When, when, when you're young and good looking and, and you go around winning $100,000 paychecks and yeah. blue trophies, <laughs> it makes it a little bit easier, doesn't it? It does make it a little bit easier, yeah. <laughs> but, but, it, but it never gets easy. Like catching fish is never easy. But you know what? Uh, I think that everybody just about in the world of fishing would like to be in Jay Shakurich shoes right now because man, you are sitting on top of the world, doing so well. Uh, I'm so happy that you gave up your time to do this. And, and people realize d- doing this, uh, he just took a quick break in Illinois, stopped at a friend's house on his way back from New York to Wisconsin. Tomorrow morning, he's going down to Florida for a week for the convention. Then it's back on the road again. This is not an easy life. And for a, a guy like this who's getting phone calls constantly from the press uh, to take time out, give me a half an hour to do this show, I can't thank you enough. I, I really appreciate yeah, you're this. you're very welcome. Uh, I, I just wish you the most success possible. I, I definitely want another matching blue trophy for your uh, for your mantle this year, and I want you to get that, uh, that rookie of the year for sure. I, I'm in your corner cheering for you, my friend. Please Thank go. You. Please I go. Go knock him. Go knock him dead. Go. I will. Excellent, Jay Shakurath. Be safe. Have a great trip to Orlando. We'll catch you again before the end of the season. Take care. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best on fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guest, Dan Johnston from St. Croix. We had on Shane Wilson, Uncle Shane Wilson from Fishing's Future, a great organization, and Jay Shakurit. Rookie season, unbelievable results. He's a Bassmaster Elite angler, just won a huge event in upstate New York. I'm sure it's the 
first blue trophy on his mantelpiece, but it's not going to be the last. Jay Shakurin. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. They certainly do. Daiwa Reels. Remember that We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available everywhere you get your podcast, but don't forget, you can always find us at our website, wefishasa.com. We'll take all your mail there. We promise to answer everything. Please let us know. If you like what, us, uh, if you, like what you hear, please let us know. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about or somebody you think we ought to have on the show, please let us know that too. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week now. Let's go fishing. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.